0: The following podcast is brought to you by Pathways Church. Thanks for joining us for this message from our weekend service. We exist to lead people into a growing relationship with Christ. If you have any questions or even a story to share about how God is moving in your life, we would love to hear from you. You can email us at info at pathwayschurch.us. Thanks for listening, and we pray that God's Word will enrich your journey today. Good morning, church. Are y'all ready to hear the Word of God this morning? Wonderful, because I am ready to share the Word of God this morning. I told Pastor Gary that I was going to loosen up today, okay? So just a heads up, I'm going to loosen up today. And that's really just good news for you, okay? Because that just means that y'all are starting to feel more like family, all right? And I could be more of myself around you guys, all right? So today, we are in week four of this series. And I don't know about you, but I've been enjoying this series so far. Pastor Adam's been doing an amazing job teaching, hasn't he? Yes. Yes. And we have had some good conversations around the content, Pastor Adam and I, so much so that some of those conversations have made their way all the way back to my house, okay? My wife and I, we've done some studies around the content as well. And so today we're going to be in Chapter 4 of the Book of Acts. Now, before we dive into Chapter 4, though, I think it's important that we recap some of the major events that have taken place in the first three chapters, okay? Okay. Now today I'm gonna give you a Netflix-type recap, all right? Do we have any Netflix streamers in the house today? Yeah, any Netflix streamers watching online? I don't know about you, but as for me and my house, when we have a long week, we like to come home on a Saturday and we like to unwind and just watch some Netflix, okay? We like to Netflix and chill. Now I don't know what that means for you, but for me and my house that means we find something we can watch and we watch it until our heart is content, okay? And because we mainly do this on the weekends, I can appreciate a good Netflix recap. And that's what I'm going to give you today with the book of Acts, first three chapters. Are you all ready? Yes. All right. Previously on the book of Acts. <laughs> Acts chapter one. Jesus was with his apostles for a period of 40 days. And on one occasion while they were eating, he said to them, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift that my Father has promised. Now the disciples were like, Lord, are you about to take over? Are you about to restore the kingdom of Israel? Jesus was like, chill. It's not for you to know the times and the dates that the Father has set, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witness in Jerusalem in all Judea in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And after he had said that, he was taken up before their eyes. Now Acts chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all hanging out in one place, and suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole place, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in tongues. Now a crowd gathered together because they heard the sound. Many were amazed, but others thought they were drunk. Now Peter stood up, and he preached his first sermon, and he declared the word of the Lord. Now we're in Acts chapter 3, Peter and John, they're on the way to the temple to pray, and there a lame man that was blind or lame from birth he was begging at the temple gate Peter said I got no change but you be changed in the name of Jesus walk amen and he got up praising God and the people were astonished and Peter lifted his voice to preach his second sermon and this is where we pick up today in the fourth chapter of the book of Acts So we're gonna call it episode four, okay? Chapter four, episode four, okay? And you know how every episode has a title? Let me give you my title today. It's when opposition strikes, okay? Not when the empire strikes back. Some of y'all thinking Star Wars, no, no. When opposition strikes, okay? So let's begin reading today, chapter four, verse one. The priests and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people. They were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. They seized Peter and John because it was evening. They put them in jail until the next day. So in case you missed it, here in chapter 4, it's a continuation of what happened in chapter 3. And again, the lame man gets healed at the temple gate. Everybody's astonished. Peter lifts his voice to preach his second sermon, and then this is happening. This is happening. While he is carrying out the will of God, while he is doing exactly what he's supposed to do, this is happening. This is the first time in the story that there's opposition. See, there's no opposition in chapter 1, chapter 2, or 3. This is the first time in the story, and all this is happening while he is speaking. While he is speaking. So my first point is simply this, church that walking with God does not exempt you from opposition. Write it down if you need to. I'm willing to bet money today that everyone in here today or everyone watching online is faced with some level of opposition. Now your opposition may not be the opposition that's in the text, right? The Bible says that they laid hands on Peter and John. They threw them in jail. So your opposition may not be the opposition that's in the text, but maybe you have opposition on your job Maybe there's people at work that don't like you. Maybe there's opposition in your relationships. Maybe you have opposition in your marriage, something pushing back and preventing you from having the marriage that God is calling you to have. Now, this next one is not a maybe, okay? We all have spiritual opposition. The Bible teaches us that we have a spiritual enemy who opposes us, the devil. So, I don't know about you, church, But if we're all gonna experience opposition, I would rather experience my opposition with the help of God than apart from God. I would rather have opposition with the assistance of God than have opposition without God's help. Amen? Amen. So we're all gonna experience opposition. Now, it's important for us to understand that the text, about this text, that that this is a hostile situation. Okay, They didn't come up to Peter and John nicely and say, hey, Peter and John, I'm sorry to interrupt. We don't like what you're teaching. No, no, this was a hostile situation, okay? They rolled up on them. I don't know if y'all know what that means. I mean, anybody ever got into a fight, you know? Oh, y'all been saved since y'all was born? Okay, nobody, no? Okay. (laughs) Well, I've been in some fights, okay? So I know what it means to roll up on somebody and to be rolled up on, okay? That's what they did. They rolled up on Peter and John. They seized them. They laid hands on them, and they threw them in jail. This was a hostile situation. See, the phrase in the text, they came up to them, in the original language has a stronger connotation. Okay, and it's important that we understand that. And the, three, the first three verses today is teaching us three things about opposition. The first thing is that opposition can come suddenly. It can sneak up on you, okay? You don't always see it coming. I mean, wouldn't it be nice, though, if we could see opposition coming before it came? I mean, I don't know about you, I would prepare, I would, I would make some decisions to help my situation out. Oh, oh, how about this, what if you saw 2020 coming before it came? Oh yeah, what if in 2018 or 2019 you saw exactly what 2020 was gonna be? I'm pretty sure you would prepare, correct? Yes, opposition comes suddenly. Now the second thing is that opposition comes to interrupt. Peter didn't even get to finish his sermon, y'all. And here comes opposition. It's important that we understand that opposition comes to interrupt. And the last thing is that opposition has the potential to imprison you. They interrupted Peter and John and threw them into jail. Opposition has the potential to imprison you. Some of us are imprisoned by our past. Things that took place in our past that we try to bury, that we try to leave in our past, but somehow it just keeps on holding on to us, preventing us from stepping into the new thing that God has for us. Some of us may be imprisoned by old ways of thinking, old ways of thinking that are not consistent with the will and the word of God. Opposition has the potential to imprison you. You may be wrestling with your past but I got some good news for you. Let's look at verse 4. But many who heard the message believe so the number of men who believe grew to about 5,000. Okay. So Peter didn't get to finish his message and the church still grew. Isn't that good news church? Yes. Amen. This, it says that the number, grew, the number of men who believe grew to about 5,000 and that's just the men. That doesn't include the women and the children. So what that teaches us today is that opposition doesn't have to mean the end of progress. Amen? opposition doesn't have to mean the end of progress you might be wrestling with your past but you can still have progress somebody at work might be plotting against you but you can still have progress there might be issues in your marriage but you can still have progress see your story doesn't have to end with the opposition and the conflict there's something else on the other side church amen Amen. now let's continue reading verse five the next day the rulers and the elders and the teachers of the law met in Jerusalem. Ananias the high priest was there, so were Sophias, John Alexander, and the others of the high priest family. They had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them, by what power or what name did you do this? So what are they talking about here? They're talking about the miracle that they observed, Right? They're talking about the lame man that was healed. They want to know by what power and by what name. Now, Peter gives an answer in verse 8. But before we get to verse 8, it's important that we understand about opposition, that opposition comes to question purpose. What am I doing? Why am I doing it? Am I doing the right thing or the wrong thing? You ever notice when things are going smooth sailing in your life, you don't never have those kind of questions, right? You don't never question if you're doing the right or wrong thing. You don't ever question the timing of things. But the moment that you have opposition, the moment you have re- resistance and conflict, now you start questioning, man, am I doing the right thing? Am I, is the timing of this thing right? See, opposition comes to question purpose. So what have we learned about opposition so far? Again, that opposition can come suddenly, that opposition comes to interrupt, that opposition has the potential to imprison you, that opposition comes to question purpose, but just because you have opposition does not mean it is the end of progress. Now, this next point is great. It says the major factor that determines the impact opposition has in your life is your response. Think about that for a second, church. Your response. Not opposition itself, but your response to the opposition. Let's look at Peter's response in verse eight. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of the, of the people. See, I believe Peter had some swag when he said this. I believe he had like a godly attitude when he said this. If we are being called to account today for the act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and are being asked how he was healed, then know this you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified by the way, (laughs) but God who raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. So what Peter is acknowledging here in verse eight is the fulfillment of a passage in Psalm 118 and 22 which says the very same thing. The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. Let me explain to you what a cornerstone is, because to be honest, I had to look it up, okay? I wasn't sure. I looked it up. Now, a cornerstone, which may also be known as a foundation stone or a setting stone, is the first stone set in the construction of a masonry foundation. Now, catch this, church, this is really important. All of his stones will be set in reference to this stone, thus determining the position of the entire structure. Okay? So this is the birth of the church. God is building his church. Jesus, the one who was rejected, is the stone that God has chosen to be the first stone to be set in the body, in the church. And all other stones will be set in reference to that stone. The Bible, in the Bible, it says that we are living stones. 1 Peter 2 and 5, it says, we are living stones being built for a spiritual house, okay? So Christ is the cornerstone, the first stone that is set, and all other stones will be set in reference to it. Now, church, this had me thinking, okay? This had me thinking. Could it be... The reason why we have things in our lives that are not set properly, that are not in place, could it be because we don't have the cornerstone set properly in our lives? Think about that. Because you can have Jesus in your life, but not have him set properly in your life. I mean, with our words, we say he is first, but with our actions, we show different. We sing, Lord, you can have your way, but when you really look at it, we want our way. We decree and declare, Lord, you are in control, but when you really pay attention, you're the one sitting in the driver's seat. I wonder if the things that are out of place in our lives would begin to fall into place, church, if we get the cornerstone set properly in our lives. Verse 12, salvation is found in no one else for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven on earth and under the earth. This is Philippians 2, nine through 10. We sung about it today, we said what a beautiful name, what a wonderful name, what a powerful name. There is no other name greater than the name of Jesus. I wonder how effective are we, church, in invoking the power that is in the name of Jesus in our lives, especially in opposition, especially in conflict, and again, the major factor that determines the impact opposition has in your life is your response. Let's look at verse 8 again. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of the people. See, Peter tapped into a power that Jesus had promised him through the person of the Holy Spirit working in him. Now, I'm about to say something, church, that might sound crazy, okay? Just stay with me, All right. Just stay with me. Did you know that the Holy Spirit is the only God active on the earth? Think about that for a second. Did you know that? Because where is God the Father? In heaven, right? Help me out. Our Father, who are in? Heaven. heaven. Now where's Jesus?. Heaven's in right there. No. Hey. Heaven as well, seated at the right hand of God. Let me show it to you, Hebrews 12 and two. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So Jesus is sitting in heaven next to his father, sitting down like how y'all sitting down, okay? Now, where is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is active on the earth. Jesus said in John 16, seven, it says, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you, but if I go, I will send him to you. Jesus sent the Holy Spirit, church, the advocate, the comforter, the helper, in the original language, the paraclete, the one who walks alongside the Holy Spirit. And some of y'all said it already, if you're a believer, he lives inside of you. He lives inside of you. And no matter where you are in your spiritual journey, maybe you have never confessed Jesus as Lord, or maybe you've been walking with the Lord for years. No matter where you are in your journey, I believe today that our lives would change if we all would understand and get to know the God that is on the earth, the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit. Now, where I'm going next, I really need you to stay with me, okay? All right, and this, this, this next section right here is still connected to our last point. All right, pop quiz, what's the last point? I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, I know there's a lot of nuggets here, a lot to chew on. The last point was the major factor that determines the impact that opposition has in our lives is our response. All right, so this, this, this next section right here is still, still talking about that, right? Now, Peter filled with the Holy Spirit said. Notice that Peter did not defend himself, okay? He just declared the works and the word of God. Now, I believe this is a reflection of how we are supposed to respond when faced with opposition, okay? What I'm about to tell you is a foundational truth of spiritual warfare. I don't know if you've ever heard that terminology before, spiritual warfare. But warfare is basically the the engagement and the activity involved in war. So when you say spiritual warfare, you're basically saying the engagement and the activity involved in spiritual war, okay? Now I tell you, if Pastor Adam ever decides to do a series on spiritual warfare, he's gonna have to give me more than just one week, okay? We're going to have to do, you're going to have to give me two or three, Pastor Adam. We're going to have to rock, paper, scissors. We might have to arm wrestle and figure this thing out, okay? But this is the thing that I believe that if we begin to get, we would start to win battles that we normally lose, okay? Now, here's the point when presented with opposition or conflict, respond in a way that defends God and His Word. Now, I'm not suggesting that God is weak and helpless and needs us to come to his defense. But you must understand, if you're experiencing opposition, that means something is coming against you. And if it is coming against you, you need to have a defense, okay? To defend God and his word is to choose him as your defense. To take a stance and to make a choice that God's way is the only way you're taking in this particular situation. Now, I got a practical example for you because I really need you to get this, okay? Now, let's just say you're in a situation and you got somebody in front of you and they are angry and they are upset. I don't know how you got into this situation. Just use your imagination, Okay but they're in front of you, they are angry, they are upset, they are cursing at you. I mean, they're not cursing at you, they are cussing you out, okay? They are disrespecting you, they are calling you, all sorts of things, all right? Now, you have a choice, right? In your anger, you can dish out to them what they giving to you. They at 90, you can go to 100. You can say some things that you might regret, maybe you won't regret. And at at the end of the day, only God knows what's going to become of that situation, okay? And yes, you can go back to the presence of God, and you can pray and say, Lord, forgive me, okay? And he will forgive you, but the reality is, is you lost that battle. And chances are, you might lose it again if you were put in that same situation. Now, here's a different way that you can respond. You can remember that the Bible says in Proverbs 18 and 21 that life and death is in the power of the tongue, or does it say death and life? Death and life is in the power of the tongue, so maybe I should choose my words wisely. Uh, You can remember that, wait a minute, Ephesians 4, is it 28 or 27? No, it's 29. It says, let no vain communication come from your mouth. Let no corrupt communication come from your mouth, but only that which is edifying and that which can build up. You remember those things and you can respond in a way that pleases God. So maybe you say something to defuse the situation. Maybe the Lord leads you to walk away. And you know what? Your friends might say, You got it handed to you, but in the eyesight of God, you you did exactly what He wanted you to do. Now I know what you might be thinking DeRay, how am I going to remember to do all that? How am I going to find the strength to do all that? The Holy Spirit. Let me, show it, let me show it to you. John 14 and 26. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things. Some of y'all need to be taught. <laughs> and will remind you, remind you of everything I have said to you. Now, the question is, do you know him like that? You know how you can know somebody, but you don't really know him like that? The question is, do you know him like that? And maybe, maybe this practical example that I gave you today doesn't fit you. But no matter the opposition, I promise you, I guarantee there is an opportunity to defend God and His Word. Write this down. Every opposition is an opportunity to defend God and His words. Your kids going crazy? It's an opportunity. (laughs) You done lost your job, it's an opportunity. You found out the person that you thought was the right person for you, you just found out that they don't even love you like that, it's an opportunity. Every opposition is an opportunity to defend God and his word. Now I'm finishing up. Let's look at our remaining verses. Uh, 13, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled and ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. Who have you been with? When they look at the way you respond, can they tell that you've been with Jesus? Or are they like, I had no idea that you've been with Jesus. Who have you been with? Verse 14, but since they could see the man who had been healed standing there with them, they had nothing, or there was nothing they could say. I love that, church, that there was nothing they could say. The man that was standing before them was evidence of what God had done through the Holy Spirit working in Peter and John. Now imagine this, put put on the canvas of your imagination that you are looking at yourself in the mirror, okay? So some of y'all might be like, you know, maybe you like this or you like, "Mm, you know, or if you like me, you're like, okay, oh, oh, okay. Put that on the canvas of your imagination, right? Now, look beyond what you look like physically for a second and and think about your character and your heart. See yourself. What you have to understand, church, is that version that you see of yourself, that is not the last version of you. That God wants to do more in your life if you would allow him to And when he has finished what he has done, no one will be able to refute the work that God has done in your life. No one will have nothing to say. That is good news today, church. That is good news today. That is good news. Our final verses. What are we going to do with these men, they ask? Everyone living in Jerusalem knows that they have performed a notable sign, and we cannot deny it. But to stop this thing from spreading any further among the people, we must warn them to speak no longer to anyone in this name. Then they called them in again and commanded them to not speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, which is right in God's eyes? to listen to you or to listen to him. You be the judges. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. After further threats, they let them go. They could not decide how to punish them because, because all the people were praising God for what happened. Let's jump back up to verse 19. But Peter and John replied, which is right in God's eyes to listen to you or to listen to him, you be the judges. God is looking for his people to do what is right in in his eyes. In opposition or with no opposition. He is looking for people to seek his approval more than the approval of others. In our story today, church, Peter and John was experiencing opposition doing exactly what God called them to do. Exactly what God called them to do. Now, my final thought today, I'm gonna be honest with you, this this thought may not be for everyone, but I still wanna share it today and be obedient to God. And he, he told me that once you hear it, you'll know who you are. He'll confirm it in you. But Peter and John, again, were experiencing opposition because they were doing what God has called them to do. But God wants to know, someone in here or someone watching online, that he has been the one opposing you. He has been the one getting in your way. You've been trying to get to some things that's not a part of his plan for your life, and he is opposing you. He is getting your, in your way, trying to get you to turn around. Again, that may not be for everyone, but it is for someone. And today, we're, we're at the end of our episode. And this is not the time to tune out or to turn off. This is time that we get to make a decision. This is, this is an important time. We all have a decision to make we all get a chance to determine what are we going to do with this word that we heard. Because there's a blessing in the hearing, but there's a greater blessing in the doing. And so we all have a decision today. We read earlier in uh, verse 12 that by no one else, that there's no other name given to man by which we can be saved. It is only by the name of Jesus. And so maybe you're in here today and that is the decision that you know you need to make. You feel the Lord pulling on your heart or maybe you're watching online and and you feel God pulling at your heart and you know that is the decision that you need to make today. To accept Jesus as your Lord and savior, to turn away from your wicked ways and to surrender to him. And in a moment, I'm going to pray for you. We're all going to pray together. But I have a second appeal. A second appeal. For those of you that you've already made that decision, I want you to evaluate. Evaluate to what degree you understand and know the Holy Spirit. Because he is the God active in the earth. The plan that God has for your life is not going to come into fruition without the help of the Holy Spirit. He is the helper. So today, I want to pray for you. If your decision is to is to make a conscious a, a, a conscious attempt or uh, to to get to know the Holy Spirit, to not just look at Him as this power or this 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 thing in the air or this thing we get on our hands this goosebumps or He is a person, and we need the Holy Spirit. We need him to teach us of all things. We need him to remind us of all things. So maybe you're in here today, and that is the decision that you need to make. So those two appeals, I want to know who I'm praying for. I want to know who I'm praying for. So if, so if you're answering one of those two appeals today, I want you to lift your hands. I want, you, I want you to lift your hand boldly. Who am I praying for today? Online, who am I praying for? Amen. Hands going up all over the place. Hands going up all over the place. If you made that decision and you didn't raise your hand, it's not too late. It's not too late. Don't be scared. This is just a, this is another way to just decree by faith. You're lifting your hands. You're, you're proud of the decision that you're making today. Wonderful, wonderful. We're gonna pray together, church. No one prays alone. If we all can pray, pray, pray together, pray loudly. Repeat after me. God, I thank you for this opportunity. To hear your word today, Jesus. This is a day that I have never seen before. This is the day that you have made and I will rejoice. I am grateful that I have this opportunity today to make a decision. Jesus, I accept the finished work. The finished work of the cross. I turn away from my sins and I surrender to you. And Holy Spirit, come. Holy, Spirit come. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Come into my life. I want to know you in a greater way. Speak to me, Holy Spirit. Show me the things of God. Help me to see myself the way that God sees me. In Jesus' name, I will never be the same again. I will never be the same again, church. If you believe that, put your hands together, church. I will never be the same again. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your presence that is in this place today.